and welcome to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Coat. Hey guys, welcome back to today's episode in the podcast. Today I'm joined by Abby Cubigo, who is a WNBL player for the Campbell Capitals. It was awesome to have Abby on and talk about her journey through basketball, her culture, and advice for young kids coming through. Thanks again, Abby. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Marcus Go Fitness Podcast, Abby. Thanks so much for having me. No, it's awesome. It's a pleasure to have you on. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to this chat as well. Um, obviously, in, in your season at the moment, I know you're just speaking off, off air then, you're obviously in quarantine for a couple of days, which is very unfortunate. But I know you started off the season with the win as well. But, yeah, how are things going at the moment for you? Um, yeah, things have been good. Like preseason, it was a long, really tough preseason, which actually ended up longer than what our hub season was last year. So that was a big adjustment for the body at the start. But we were super excited to play and we got that first win under our belt. And then there was a bit of a, a, a bump in the road, you'd say. But um, everyone's healthy and like we've got to be grateful for that. And I guess in the world that we live in now, we've we were expecting it to happen sooner or later. So, I mean, hopefully now that it's happened sooner, it won't happen at all later. So fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. And I think hopefully like now once it's happened, you can just go back to your as a regular season. Move. But um, yeah, no, obviously things things do come up. And as you said, it's obviously what's happened in the, in the lifestyle at the moment as well. Firstly, sort of start off your journey growing up and then be like where you are now to be able to play basketball. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Darwin in the Northern Territory. I grew up there, like went to school there, have two sisters. So we all grew up together and I've got a really large family on my mum's side and my dad's side. So that was awesome to be surrounded by so much family while I was growing up. I originally started playing basketball just because my older sister did. She was heavily involved in like the Northern Territory representative programs and stuff and I figured if I was going to be down at basketball all the time, just watching and watching her, why don't I play as well? So I signed up into like an Aussie hoop sort of thing when I was younger and then played all of my juniors in Darwin for Tracy Village Jets. So then I started in the representative programs for Northern Territory. I played at the under 14 club champs probably twice. And then I played up until under, I would say, my top age under 16s. And I guess at this stage it was kind of like basketball was what I wanted to do. Like I was super passionate about it. I was always passionate. But then when you go to national championships and you're able to challenge yourself against like the best in the country and I probably went a lot better than what I thought I would. Like I thought originally being in Darwin I was big fish in a small pond. But then when that pond got bigger... I guess I surprised myself and then I wanted to get better and I had a coach, um, Phil Collins, come up to the NT to coach in our representative program and he said to me, look, there could be an opportunity for you to go to boarding school and play basketball somewhere else and see if that helps your development. So working with him, I was able to get a scholarship at a school in North Sydney in Hornsby called Barker College. So at that stage I was in year 10 and I was so excited. I was so excited to be able to, like, have a change of scenery, play some a basketball in a bit of a harder environment, you'd say. So I went there with the intentions of 
being at school from year 10 to 12 in yeah. Sydney. That was the plan. So I went in and my, my first year, year 10 in Sydney was incredible. I loved it so much. I thought boarding school was like the best thing ever. <laughs> and the bas- basketball was great. I ended up playing under a really great coach called Shannon Seabom, who it kind of just like fell into my lap. I had yeah. some friends at school that were playing for this team and I was like, oh, I'll go try out too. And then like this, I ended up playing under this really great coach at, I guess, kind of the perfect time for me, just when yeah. I was on the fringe of so- international the junior international team so then I at the end of that year um, I was fully mentally prepared to come back after I'd gone back home to Darwin for holidays and stuff yeah and I got and then I got a phone call and I was offered a scholarship to the AIS and I know that people originally think that oh you got a scholarship to the AIS no brainer of course you go there but mm-hmm. I mean I was I was 16 and I like just had the best year at boarding school and I've honestly thought it could not get better than that so I I originally I remember I had told my mom no I don't want to go there like mm-hmm. I told her I didn't want to go and it actually took a a, a couple of my uh, coaches and people caught sort of in my close support network to be like oh I don't think you understand how big of a deal this is like that yeah. so I I came around and I was and then I was super excited to be starting that journey at the AIS which yeah. then I was to complete you know, 11 to 12 yeah and I guess my basketball career kind of snowballed from there. I I went to the AIS and I was selected in the under-17s. First, it was the qualifying team, the Australian qualifying team. Yep. Um, so then we qualified and I was I was selected in the national team to go, the under-17s Sapphire's national team to go play at the World Champs in Spain. So, like, after just moving and then moving again and then making the Australian team, like, I just, like, was on top of the world. It was the coolest thing. Yeah. So I went to the World Champs with the Aussie team and we won gold. Yeah. Like, just to top things off, we won, we won gold and we were the first junior team in under-17s to beat um, the USA. So yeah. that was, like, incredible. We had beat the USA in the semifinal and then we went on to beat Italy in the grand final. It was so incredible. So then I came back for my second year at the AIS and yeah. I was selected under 19 World Cup team. So we went to qualifiers and then we went to the under 19 World Champs, which was like an amazing experience as well. Yeah. So we came sixth in that, but it was it was great. I got to go to Italy and play basketball, like something that I never would have thought I'd be doing at 17 years old. Yeah. So then I graduated school. And I kind of was in talks with the head coach of the, and then I graduated AIS as well, like the same time my contract was sort of like till I finished school sort of thing. And I decided that college wasn't for me. I just, I didn't have that desire like other kids my age did to go to college. And I just, if I couldn't a hundred percent commit to it, it probably, it probably wasn't right for me at the time. So I, I then decided that I would go straight into uni and study something because I guess that's always been something really important to me as well, having being able to build a life for myself that's outside of basketball so that it's not so hard when I get to that stage. I started studying at UC and then I played here in the off-season and then I got picked up by the Capitals as a development player. So, yeah, and then I've been here in Canberra ever since in the WNBL with the Canberra Capitals. So this will be, including my development seasons, this will be my fourth season here now with the Capitals in the WNBL. So pretty, it's been pretty crazy, yeah. 
yeah. a little while. That's an unreal journey. Um, obviously, credit to all yeah. your hard, hard work as well. It's really cool to hear, especially obviously for young females too. This obviously, I think that pathway for them or different pathways to able to go for them is I think they, they can do it. So hopefully you can see more females in that process as well. How much does it mean to represent Australia for yourself too? Oh, it's like it's an indescribable feeling, honestly. I think even probably now, like back then, I probably even took it a bit for granted. Like I was I was so young and I just like I put in all this hard work and I like and I, I made the team and stuff. But now looking back on it, it's like there's only one Australian team that represents at the under-17s and the under-19s level and you yeah. choose 12 players out of the whole country. So, yeah. I mean, it was so incredible. And, like, to top it off, I had my family come to Spain when we won the gold medal. So we yeah. won and then I had my whole family in the stands and it, it's just incredible to be able to wear the green and gold. Yeah, no, that's really cool to hear. And then touching on their AIS as well, do you think obviously going there, your basketball's improved a lot? Oh, absolutely. I think the structure of the training regime there at the AIS is like incredible. It's probably, I would definitely say personally, it's the best program in Australia. Yeah. I found I found that my transition from the AIS to professional league was a lot easier because of the way they structured the AIS's program, like yeah. it kind of almost replicated what it was in a professional league. And I definitely, like my basketball got better. I definitely developed as a person. Like there was mentally challenging days that really mm. like, and being away from home really tested me. And I think I developed as a person there. I got stronger. We were in the gym. That was the first time I was lifting in a gym. Yeah. I made like great relationships with some girls who I live there with who now will like be my friends forever yeah. so yeah I think it helped my basketball like in like so much and it really helped me as a person as well yeah that's cool to hear and obviously at one point there obviously connections I think making friends and obviously going to be long life friends and I think teammates is a huge part too that you always always stay connected connected that way as well going now obviously onto playing in the WNBL now with the Campbell Capitals maybe we'll go like first game experience and obviously did you have your family there at the time when you were able to play I guess first game way back it was as a development player, I kind of knew my role would be more training than it was playing. And I was completely fine with that. I didn't expect to come out of the AIS and play 40 minutes like on a professional team. It just, it wasn't the reality for me. Yeah. But even being part of those games where you don't play, like for example, we had the final at the AIS arena and even being there on that team to see like the AIS arena packed out, it's just an incredible feeling. It's really nerve wracking, but I guess like you've got to trust in all the work you put into and then you you go out there and you do the best you can you know your role and then yeah, yeah you just work really hard and work for your teammates yeah when you do play games how important is it to have that family and uh, friends in the crowd while watching you too it, it is very special it doesn't happen a lot these days with family being up in darwin which yeah. just seems like a world away especially from canberra it's the other side yeah. of the country but I guess it's great that we all our games are televised and stuff now and yeah. my family, I can definitely feel the support from afar. So it's really important to have that support from them. Yeah, that's it. I think, yeah, it's so important. And to be able to watch you, I think, uh, is, a, is a huge part. Going on now to obviously winning two championships for yourself, experience there and, yeah, how was it? Uh, it was it was incredible. I, like, first of all, I got to play with some of, 
I would say the best players in the world. Yeah. Two of the leaders that I've had in Kelsey Griffin and Mariana Tolo. So yeah. even the opportunity to be able to learn from them every day was incredible. And then we had we had Kia Nurse and we had Leilani Mitchell and we had Olivia Pupa and it was just it was awesome to be able to learn from them. And I think yeah. even now that that experience has really helped me develop my own leadership skills. Mm. Um, now that I'm getting older, Tolo's gone to France and it, there's Kelsey there, but I can be, I can step up and lead to help her out and relieve the stress from her a bit. So winning yeah. those two championships was incredible. Yeah. And a big learning curve for me. Yeah, that's cool. And I just touch on a few leaders. I said, were they someone you looked up to and maybe took you under wing a little bit at the same time? Yeah, I definitely looked up to those two. They were like yin and yang. They seriously complemented each other so well. Yeah. And Kelsey Griffin is one of the greatest leaders that I've ever like known and been led by. And I think now more so this season, she's definitely, we've built like a really great relationship. So I'm able, I just learn from her every day. She's, yeah, she's awesome. The way she gets her message across, the just the example she sets in the way she works at her basketball craft is incredible. Yeah, that's great to hear. Going on now to obviously culture for you, how important is it to you? Oh, it's it's so important, you know. Being from an Indigenous background, I guess something that's really important to me is family. Yeah. And so I, I definitely try and stay connected to my family as much as possible, and I guess that enriches my culture. And yeah. being so far away, that means like, that means talking on FaceTime and phone calls and flying when we can to stay connected. And I guess, yeah, growing up, culture for me was eating food at my nana's house, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, every time that my sisters and I went to my nana's house, we would be flooded with stories and stories and stories. Yeah. So I got to learn about her life and her challenges, especially being part of the stolen generation yeah. and also just her life as an Indigenous woman growing up. So I guess that definitely, like, helped my culture and that built the foundation of my culture. Yeah. And even now when I get the opportunity to go back to Darwin, it almost feels like a big refresh because that's like where I'm from and stuff. So, and that's where I feel like most included in my, not included in my culture, but most like engulfed in my culture, I guess. So yeah. that's always nice to go back, but I guess family's probably the biggest one for me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. I love those answers there. I know for myself, um, I'm living in a little remote community at the moment. So being able for me to learn the Indigenous cultures is, is awesome. And for me to ask the kids questions and get to know them and get the answers of what they do and how they how they go about day-to-day life, I think it's awesome. And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely cool to be, cool to be a part of as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I know in the same again, family is huge as well. So that's great to hear too for yourself. As, um, I, suppose, I know I'm going to ask this one a little bit later, but maybe some a little yep. bit of advice for yourself for maybe young Indigenous kids coming through the, through the ranks a little bit. What, what would some advice be for them? I guess the, the most important thing was, especially because I was away from home, and I guess the pathway sometimes means that you have to be away for a certain amount of time, was building a really, like, good support network. Yeah. And I guess with the use of technology and stuff now, that's made a bit easier. You can FaceTime and this and that. And I guess it's you need to take the opportunities when you can to stay connected with your family. But then wherever you end up, like when I was in Sydney, I built a really great support network there that supported me throughout what I was doing. And then the same thing at the AIS and now the same thing in Canberra. So I think 
having a support network and people to rely on is super important. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think it's super important to understand that you're going to have to make sacrifices at some stage. Yeah. When I was growing up and my friends were like, out and going to parties it just it didn't work with my basketball schedule and which was ultimately what my aspirations were and my goals so again yeah. you just had to sacrifice it yeah yeah, yeah that's good that's definitely some great advice there and I know people listening will definitely take that on board as well and then going on to now especially females young girls coming coming through for whatever sport it is or just in life some some things do you think similar in a support network would definitely help them as well yeah, I think a support network is really great. And even now within the WNBL, like there is some very powerful women coming through that will stand up for what they believe in and stuff like yeah. that. So I think that's really important, stand up for what you believe in because more often than not there's there's women around you that feel the same. So I think that's very important, but a support network is super important too. Yeah, no, that's real, That's awesome to hear. And um, I definitely hope to see so many more young females aspire and get to those levels or what, whatever is in life. I think they'll um, definitely do great. And I know that the listeners will definitely take those points on board there, Abby. So thanks for sharing those as well. Last question to go on. Hobbies outside of basketball. What, what do you like to get up to? Basketball does take up most of my life. And yeah. when I'm not doing much more, I'm like trying to sleep to rest yeah. my body. But I think something that like probably is my favorite hobby is cooking. I love to cook. Yeah. And I know some people can, I know people feel like when they come home after a big day, like work and training and you just like want to, you don't want to do, yeah. you don't want to cook. Like yeah. the last thing you want to do. I, for me, it's like so therapeutic. Yeah. And I, I love cooking and it's it's almost like, for me, it's almost like a form of self-care. Like yeah. I love doing that. I love trying new recipes. I love cooking for people and stuff. My whole TikTok is just food, like new <laughs> new recipes for you to try. So I, I would say food is definitely my biggest hobby outside of basketball. And I also, throughout the lockdown and quarantine periods that I've had, I've really gotten into reading, yep. which is something great because being cooped up inside all day long, like automatically you just go to your phone and you just want to scroll on your phone or watch TV the yep. whole day. And I think reading for me was like a mental refresh. It was really nice to not like get a headache from looking at the TV or your phone for so long. So, and yeah. even now outside of lockdown, it's it's a really nice time to just like chill out and read something and not have to think about the world around you, I guess. Yeah, so those are probably my main hobbies. Yeah, definitely agree on those. And probably, yeah, and probably going out to get coffees. That's yeah. probably... Those are three and only hobbies, probably. I'm a, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of coffee, so yeah, I do, yeah. I do enjoy mine. And it's uh, we've actually obviously we've got one. We've just got a machine one, so it's pretty cool to be able to be able to make your own. But definitely, when I get back to Melbourne, looking looking forward to their coffee. Yeah, I was going to say the coffee culture is massive here in Canberra. Like that's yeah. like Canberra's pretty good at coffee. So there's like endless amounts of places, and I'm sure in Melbourne too, there's like so many places that are good for coffee. Yeah, that's right. What's your favourite meal to cook? Oh, that's a tough one. What's your go-to? I don't really have a go-to. Like, lately I've just been, whatever I see, I'm like, oh, like, I'll try that or I'll try this. I do love pasta, though. I think, like, give me all the carbs. I love pastas and I love eating pasta pretty much in any way. So something to do with pasta, I think. Yeah, cool. What's your – do you have a game – what's your favourite game day meal then? What do you – 
before? I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really like fussy with what I eat in game day. I don't really have a routine. Yeah. I like for breakfast, it's always an oats sort of thing. Like sometimes a protein oats with strawberries. I love yeah. eating that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that. I'd say that's my game day go-to. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. And what um, what books are you reading at the moment? I just finished The Happiest Man on Earth, and yeah. it was it was incredible. It was about a guy in the Holocaust and him surviving and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't really found like what niche I'm into, like what I like. I've yeah. I'm just kind of going off friends' opinions and being like, "What do you think's good? I'll I'll read that." Yeah. So yeah, but I've had some great ones, and The Happiest Man on Earth was probably a really good one it was up there with one of the best yeah cool I'll, I'll definitely have a check it out I'm I'm, uh, I'm pretty slack, slack with my reading so I need to get, get back on board with it <laughs> thank you so much for your time today Abby I really do appreciate you jumping on no worries at all thanks so much for having me no no worries good luck for the season and um, yeah I hope you definitely take it out at the end end of the season yes I hope so fingers crossed thank you Awesome, guys. I know you're going to get lots out of today's episode here. So can't wait to share it with you and have a great day.